Hello, welcome everybody to the latest edition of the ALS Association podcast. I'm Tony Heil, Communication Director with the Greater Philadelphia Chapter, and this week we're going to be talking about a very important issue uh, focusing on ALS and research, the ALS Registry. Now, we've talked about this in the past on an advocacy podcast with Melissa Call, which you can search for on our um, archives, and this is a little bit different because we're talking about really outreaching our advocacy efforts and going out to a wider population to people who may not be coming to the clinics as much or uh, aren't as technologically proficient, which is fine, and making sure that we get as many people involved with the ALS registry as possible. In order to do that, we tried to find someone that covers the most remote territory of any chapter. And we thought, there's uh, South Dakota, North Dakota, those are pretty remote areas. What about someone that covers both? And so today we're going to be talking with Jen Jelly, the executive director of the Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota chapter, and she's going to be talking about to us about their outreach efforts for the ALS registry, why it's important, and how people can get involved. Before we start, just let you know that you can get involved right now in ALS advocacy for the registry and for many other issues. You can go to www.alsa.org and go to advocacy there. Now is a time to register for our May Advocacy Days, and we need you there for your voices. And Jen, you're going to tell us why, right? Absolutely, I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Great. So, but today you're in Minnesota, right? I am. I am talking to you from Minneapolis. And your territory is huge, right? Yes, it is very geographically challenging. We cover the entire state of Minnesota and North Dakota and South Dakota. And all three, you know, Minnesota is the most highly populated of the three. Um, and in the Dakotas, much, much, much less so. Lots, lots of open space. But like you're, you're kind of inferring there, even Minnesota has sparsely populated areas. I'm here from the greater Philadelphia we, area. And every chapter has sparsely populated areas. Absolutely. I mean, that's just the nature of, of the geography. And I think across the country that can be our biggest challenge and opportunity is uh, making sure that we are reaching out to families that are in those areas. So the thing we're talking about today is the ALS registry. And you're the executive director in this chapter that has these very um, sparsely populated portions of it. Um, before we go into the registry, though, can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Because I'll be honest, most of the people listening in Philadelphia probably don't think about the Dakotas too often. Um, well, they're, they are very underrated. They're, it's a lovely uh, piece of the country that I get to live and breathe in. Um, I've been with the chapter for about four and a half years and uh, grew up in, in Minnesota. I've lived here all my life and have been in the Minneapolis areas where I spend the majority of my time. And I've, I've been in the nonprofit sector quite a number of years, uh, both at the MS Society and community health charities uh, prior to coming to the ALS Association. Uh, but there's a reason that we, us Midwesterners, continue to live in the Midwest. Um, it's lovely. It's beautiful. Despite what you might hear about our winters, it is just gorgeous here. And, uh, you know, it's a... Uh, bustling life and 
I've just always really enjoyed most of all the people that choose to live um, really in all three of these states. They, um, aside from all the folks in the greater Philly area, this is uh, the place to be. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we like all of the chapters. We're not going to make a big, uh, we're not going to get any fights. <laughs> Um, I do like the Midwest. I spent some time in Iowa. Things are cheaper, and that always helps. They are. And but it's a different. It's a different pace of life uh, here. It's not quite so on the go all the time, um, and there's a lot to be desired about that. Yes, there certainly is, especially with how things are right now, where the world seems a lot different at 3 p.m. than it was at 9 a.m. Right. Right. So I need to really lay off Twitter sometimes, but it's it's not easy for me to do as the social media director here. Well, that is your job. So, yeah. you know, you're just doing what you need to do. Right. I'll take whatever excuse you're going to give me, and I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so, but in all seriousness, we at the ALS Association have been focusing on supporting and funding the ALS registry for a number of years now. And I've explained it to our advocates before, but... Um, from your perspective, what makes the ALS registry um, an important advocacy priority for ALS? Well, I mean, I think the ALS registry, one, I mean, it's the coolest and biggest research project essentially ever uh, regarding ALS. You know, the whole purpose is to identify the number of people that are living with ALS in the U.S. and continue to collect data that can help us learn about what causes this disease, how it can be prevented, treated, cured. I mean, to me, this is a way that every family that is dealing with this diagnosis can take part in finding the answer. That's why, it's, to me, it's, it's critical. Collecting this data over time I think is going to be, um, could be one of the keys to getting us to that, that golden ticket at the end that we're all working so tirelessly for, and that's the cure. I agree, and for background for you about me, you know, I've been here for six years, and there's so much we don't know about ALS and who has it, and my grandfather had it, he was a veteran, um, and as you know, we we know that veterans have ALS and at a higher rate than the population. So the registry could teach us things like that, you know, what groups have it more and, you know, if they're in different areas, like if for whatever reason North Dakota has a higher incidence of something or a type of ALS, then there's a reason to be looking at that as a research priority. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you, if you, think about it like you know some of the the surveys and, and if you're not familiar with the registry once somebody is enrolled in the registry um, after that initial enrollment I think they're up to um, over 25 surveys that are available to take through the registry so these are surveys on everything from everywhere anywhere you have lived in your life to see if we can, you know, connect the dots that that way. Kind of some of the your lifestyle changes that you have made over the course of your life. You know, finding these these patterns. There's even a place where you can, you know, write in what you think caused this. I mean, everybody's kind of got a theory, and you know, your grandfather maybe had a theory of, oh, I bet it maybe it was this. Maybe it was, you know, this part of uh, my experience as a veteran. Um, there's a place where you can write in. They're tracking all of that. So I, I just, I 
it gets me excited talking about it because I just think it's um, a unique way for all of us to be able to take part in the answer. I agree. And of, of course I agree. I'm a little bit biased because I'm here, but uh, you've been here for about five years and I've been here for about six years. That's a small amount of time when it comes to mm-hmm. any place. And yet I think we've seen a, a, a lot of research activity going on right now because of the registry in particular, directing people towards projects, moving uh, things ahead in terms of who gets assigned or not recruited for uh, clinical trials and other studies. And, you know, if you listen to our last podcast with Dr. Jill Yersack from National about biomarkers, there are things that people are able to do now that that weren't that people were hoping to be able to do five years ago when we were new and now are kind of realities for research. Yeah, you're right. It's been kind of amazing how far we have come in a short amount of time and, and clearly the the boost received from my Bucket Challenge was um, definitely helpful. And I think that, <clears throat> excuse me, momentum um, will be pretty critical. And you bring up a good point on another reason that I think it is critical for people living with ALS to enroll in the registry. You know, one of the number one questions we get all the time is how do I, how do I get involved in research? How do I get involved in a clinical trial? And now, more and more, it's exciting to hear and see that people that are developing new drug therapies and treatments are using the registry as a way to help populate their clinical trials. Meaning, if you're enrolled in the registry, a researcher can use that and identify who has the right criteria that fits what they're looking for for um, people to participate in their clinical trial, you'll get an email that says you qualify, um, you meet the qualifications to participate in this trial, here's how. And I think that's um, really exciting as a way to uh, continue to be able to uh, give back to the research project. And um, like I said, I mean, that's the number one question we get all the time. I want to be in a clinical trial. How do I get in a clinical trial? Well, one of the ways is to get yourself enrolled in the registry. Right. And I think that for you, it's exciting because there's people that you represent and that we represent in our chapter and other people do that would otherwise not be in a trial or study that now are. And it's rewarding to know that you're able to get them into those. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, as we we share a lot, especially with our uh, the people we work with that live in even, you know, the more remote parts of our state, this is a way to become part of a project from your own home. You don't have to leave, you don't have to, you know, it's, it's not taxing in that way. It's certainly time, um, but it is not uh, intensive of having to travel. So speaking of doing things out of your home and not having to travel, the, the reason we're talking to you today is because you do have some people who don't live near a clinic um, that you might not be able to see very often and may not be as technologically or computer savvy as others. And you've been quite successful at getting more people to participate in the ALS registry. So why did you do that? And I can kind of see why, but, and why did you do that? And, and what were your strategies? Well, I think, I mean, the why to me is obvious. We are, as you can as tell, we feel very passionate about 
the importance of this registry. And if we're going to work to have this registry be successful, um, enrollment isn't a question. It's it's a must. Uh, that's that's how it's going to work, and that's how we're going to get the answers. And so we're um, as a our staff here at the office is pretty relentless in in talking to families about the importance of the registry. Um, if you if you talk to any any of the families that we serve, um, they'll tell you that we've talked to a, talked to them about the registry probably no less than a dozen times, um, and at least in every conversation, even after somebody has enrolled, because as I was kind of mentioning about the surveys early it's important that they go back and take the new surveys as they become available and continue to put this information um, into the registry. And the second part of your question on um, how we have been successful at enrollment, um, I mean, certainly because we are a broken record about it, people will, I mean, we've had some, okay, already, like, quit talking to me about it, I will do it. Um, But, you know, we're always trying to find ways to make it easier for folks to uh, enroll in the registry. And one of the things that has become kind of a um, a project for families that we suggest is, especially for um, folks that maybe are in the older generation and have kids and grandkids, we suggest that they do it as a family or have their grandchild or child uh, help them and do it together. And we often hear from those families how enlightening that was and how much the children and, and grandchildren and other generations learn about their family and where their uh, parents and grandparents came from, what kind of life they led. And it's been helpful for them to know that in their own, um, as they're embarking on their own health journey, um, just having that information from previous generations. Uh, it has been a win-win across the board, just that process alone. Yeah, I'm thinking about my, like I, my own family's ALS struggles and this reminds me of my grandfather's very quiet about his life in a lot of ways. He always put my grandmother first and we are always looking for reasons to, you know, talk to him and learn more about his life, which was much more interesting than I knew when he passed away from ALS, the registry wasn't a thing yet, but this would be a perfect Avenue for him who he didn't use a computer ever. Um, and I could have sat there and talked with him and learned so much uh, that would have been really valuable to us as a family to learn. Absolutely. I mean, and I just I think about how easily things can get lost from generation to generation um, and how much of a gift something like this can be. It kind of forces you to do something that everybody really should do. Uh, and this is, is just a, a great tool to be able to, to do that. Now, these are very deep conversations. Not always, because the, the surveys aren't 100 questions long, and, and they're designed so you can get them done in a reasonable amount of time. Uh, but doing these things and doing it through your chapter, I imagine, has also helped people have a different uh, connection to your chapter, knowing that this is a priority. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think um, we are strive to really be that kind of resource that's pulling everything together for families, and uh, it, it can't help but be a personal thing 
for our staff here and and working with individual families. You know, we we hope that people see us as a extension and as a way that um, as someone they can count on to get them through what they're going through because it's it's uh, this disease prompts a lot of difficult conversations, um, not just registry related. I mean, across the board, as you're well aware, and uh, I really am so grateful that our staff can be there to help kind of prompt those conversations and help people get through them by kind of uh, giving them some, some good questions to answer and to talk about with their family. So the, the family dynamic has been very important. The uh, connection to the chapter in those kind of ways as an identity. Uh, has it also helped make sure that your patient services staff connects with people who are often many hundreds of miles away from where they generally work? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, uh, we were on the phone a lot in this office, um, as you can imagine, just trying to reach out to people. You know, we're, we're fortunate in, in our three states to have uh, six ALS uh, clinics, uh, four here in Minnesota and one in North Dakota, one in South Dakota. And those are clearly our best avenue to being able to meet with we meet with folks and really get to know the families, uh, but spending a lot of time on the phone with them and making sure that they have those those resources is important and that this is clearly an extension of that. Well, good. That's something we want to do here at our chapter, and I think every chapter uh, wants us to do, and that they can learn from your example about um, not doing anything too complicated here, just as the surveys are, of making no. this about family conversations. And yeah, it, it, it doesn't have to be complicated, um, and it doesn't have to, you know, consume, uh, the registry just definitely doesn't need to consume that much of your time, uh, but I think it can be a really uh, interesting way to have a, a family project. I mean, I think of, and I'm sure that uh, this is across the country, you know, as, as when somebody is diagnosed with ALS, kind of that first one of the first thoughts running through their mind is, well, how did I get this? And people will often ask us, like, how did I get this? What, what did I do wrong? Do you know today? What is this genetic? And all these questions. And that's, that's our first foray into even bringing up the registry. And it always comes up in the first meeting that one of the ways they can help figure out how they got this is by enrolling in the registry, because that's exactly what we're trying to figure out. And it's an empowering way to answer that question. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're, we're, our mission is all about empowering people on, and not just doing it all for them. And I think that when we look at what the registry does, you're not having to answer a question and make up an answer. And you're not telling your patient services staff to well, tell them they probably had this or that and, and you know, and lying or, or saying something incorrect. You're saying, I don't, I don't know the answer. Here's how we're finding it out. And we're finding it out together. You're right. You're absolutely right. And, you know, I, I, there is nothing I want more than us to have answers for people. It would, it would make everyone's life so much easier if, if we had answers of, why and if we had answers of here's what you can do to 
not have to deal with this anymore. I mean, that's what we're striving to, this, the, and that's what the registry is there for, is to help us provide answers. Um, I, I can't wait to get to that point. There is nothing more than I want than to have to move on to an, another organization because we've figured this one out. That would bring me so much joy. Well, it would marry a lot of people joy, too, and, and uh, it would be very admirable for you to go from the MS Society to ALS, Cure ALS, or find out the answers, yeah, and right? then move on to something else. You are a much more kind-hearted person than I ever expected. You're just like, what can I tackle next? That's Yeah, yeah wouldn't that be great? Yeah. I, I imagine it would be easy to hire people from the ALS Association if you know we're able to succeed, so that's another reason to do it. So you can go on to the next. Yeah, thing. I would not be. I, I would definitely not worry about anyone's job security if, uh, when we figure this out and have to to move on to something else. Um, but in the meantime, I just think uh, it's, it is our duty here at the association to make sure that families understand what the registry is and understand how their involvement can be impactful. Uh, it's if it's critical that we do that. Well, that's what we're trying to do, and the best way we can do that is to continue funding the ALS registry, uh, and that is yeah. through appropriation through advocacy. And we'll be there, the ALS, the Greater Philadelphia chapter. We're able to bring in a lot of people every year. Hopefully, we'll have a, a big turnout this year. And you guys are going to bring people all the way from Minnesota and North Dakota, South Dakota, right? Yep, we'll have somebody. We'll have representation in every state. It's a big priority for us. We hope to have a a big, really loud group there. <laughs> well, if I know anything from social media, North Dakota can be very loud and very good at political advocacy. So um, I know that you'll be able to get people from out there. And if people can come from North Dakota and South Dakota to Washington D.C., then people can come from anywhere. And whether you're listening to this from our chapter, the Greater Philadelphia chapter, or from the Great Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota chapter, uh, we encourage you to get involved in advocacy wherever you are in the country. Uh, you can go to www.alsa.org and click on Advocacy. Find out about Advocacy Days, which are this year from May 14th to 16th. And join us, register now, ask questions, because we need you to continue funding this as well as other national priorities. And if you want to get involved locally in the Philadelphia area, you can go to www.alsphiladelphia.org and follow at ALS Philadelphia. Jen, if they want to connect with you in your area, how do they connect to help uh, continue to support the uh, registry or support your mission? Um, they, you know, our chapter website is alsmn.org, and they we also have a very active Twitter and Facebook uh, following, so you can find us on either one of those. Uh, and we, and if anybody has any questions or wants to reach out regarding the registry, we're we're happy to to work with anybody on that. Well, we'll be working together. That's a great part of the ALS Association is the chapters are united on these big priorities where there's. Absolutely. And we're glad that there's not fighting over what to do. There's just unity about ending ALS. And you can help us do that through advocacy and supporting the ALS registry. Jen, thanks for taking time for your busy day to, to share your perspective. And I look forward to working with you this May. Agreed. Thank you so much, Tony. Appreciate it.